Peace be upon you. So typically I enjoy doing topics that are more timeless, but occasionally I have to talk about something that's more uh, mainstream uh, in the news because there's valuable lessons that we can learn from when we apply the criteria of the Quran. And this has to do with the elections and the level of contentiousness that's been transpiring not just recently, but for the last four years. For the last four years, millions of people have been in perpetual anguish and misery over President Trump. You know, the situation has gotten so bad that health experts coined the term Trump anxiety disorder to describe the pain and frustration people have been feeling the last four years under President Trump. I remember in 2016, after Trump won the election, going into work and seeing my coworkers who looked as if they just came out of a funeral of a loved one and uh, how they had to periodically step out of the office so they can go and grieve. And this perpetuated for four years. I had family, friends, uh, people that I really respected perpetually almost on a regular cadence, posting on Facebook profanities towards President Trump. And keep in mind, this is a, a person they're never going to actually discuss. He's never going to hear this. But they had so much rage and anxiety built up that they felt like this was the only way that they could lash out. And there's, you know, these running videos of people just losing their minds over President Trump, what he tweeted, what he said. And this level of control that he has over people is very concerning. And this whole thing was about to be brought to an apex with the latest uh, elections where businesses had to board up storefronts because of fear of looting and rioting if Trump re-won the election. Companies, college campuses, institutions, they all scheduled therapy sessions and decompression rooms and counseling for individuals if Trump won the election again in 2020. And now that it appears that Biden has won the election, you see millions of people pouring into the streets in celebration. The level of joy and excitement they have is on par to announcing the birth of a new baby. You know, if President Trump is dictating a person's happiness or misery, then they are setting up this individual as an idol. There is no reason why this individual, who has so little to do with the average person's life, has so much control over these individuals. And the second we allow another individual to dictate our happiness and our misery to such a degree, it shows that we're setting up an idol beside God. As submitters, we strive to eliminate any forms of idol worship and to be devoted to God alone. One of the definitions of idol worship is to believe anything other than God can harm or benefit a person. If we think that anything independent of God has power to harm or benefit, then this is a form of idol worship. In Surah 5 verse 76 it reads, Say, would you worship beside God powerless idols who can neither harm you nor benefit you? God is here omniscient. If we think or we allow someone to have this level of influence over our lives to the point that they're dictating if we're going to be happy or miserable, then we're setting up an idol beside God. The only one who can provide happiness, joy, relief, or the absence thereof is God. And if we forget that and we allow someone else that level of power, then we're setting up another entity beside God. In Surah 10, verse 106 through 107, it reads, You shall not worship beside God what possesses no power to benefit you or harm you. If you do, you'll be a transgressor. 
If God touches you with a hardship, none can relieve it except He, and when He blesses you, no force can prevent His grace. He bestows it upon whomever He chooses from among His servants. He is the forgiver most merciful. The true followers of God are under God's protection, and they do not fall into this trap of having their well-being, their happiness, or their misery dictated by another individual. And we see this is depicted in Surah 15, verse 39 through 41, when it says, Satan said, My Lord, since you have willed that I go astray, I will entice them on earth. I will send them all astray, except those among your worshippers who are devoted absolutely to you alone. He, God said, this is a law that is inviolable. You have no power over my servants. You only have power over the strayers who follow you. The second we open up to Satan's suggestion to allow another entity to dictate for us what is going to uh, cause us to be happy or miserable, then we're setting up a rival with God and allowing power to these individuals to cause havoc onto our lives. In Surah 39 verse 38, it reads, If you ask them who created the heavens and the earth, they will say God. Say, why then do you set up idols beside God? If God willed any adversity for me, can they relieve such an adversity? And if he willed any blessing for me, can they prevent such a blessing? Say, God is sufficient for me. In him the trusters shall trust. If we truly believe in God, we understand that the only one who can provide us benefit or harm is that of God. That despite these people with their lips saying that they believe in God, that they know God created the heavens and the earth, their actions are showing otherwise. What's interesting is that the word for worship in the Quran, one of them is Abid. Abid also means to be a slave. These individuals who fall under the slave of the manipulation of the words of a person, uh, for good or for bad, uh, it's showing that they're setting up a rival with God. In Surah 10, verse 18, it says, They worship beside God idols that possess no power to harm them or benefit them. And they say, These are our intercessors at God. Say, Are you informing God of something He does not know in the heavens and the earth? Be He glorified. He is the Most High, far above needing partners. These individuals, they're setting up another entity that can cause them harm or benefit, so they, uh, they assume. And by doing so, they're setting up intercessors between them and God. And what's fascinating is the following verse in 1019. It says, the people used to be one congregation. Then they disputed. If it were not for a predetermined word from your Lord, they would have been judged immediately regarding their disputes. These idols that are set up is the reason that we have so much fighting and anxiety and hatred among a society is because we're allowing someone other than God to harm or benefit us, that we're giving power to another entity beside God. And when we do that, it's going to cause infighting and hostility and rioting and looting because people are not submitting to the will of God. The concept of being a submitter means that you submit to whatever God wills. If God wills Donald Trump to be president, we accept it wholeheartedly. If God dictates that Biden is president, we accept that wholeheartedly. That under all circumstances, we remain absolutely devoted to God alone. And the reason is, is because we support God, not people. We see this in the example of uh, the disciples of Jesus. That when Jesus asked them, who are my supporters towards God? Their response in 61.14 is that we are God's supporters. 
that it doesn't matter who the individual is. The entity we support is always God. Now, there's no way that either Biden or Trump is as righteous as Jesus and are we as righteous as the disciples of Jesus. But it's from this lesson that we learn that the party we are always supposed to support is that of God's. That the problem we have is that when we think we're supporting an individual, that individuals are flawed, that individuals make mistakes, that individuals are going to... If we say that we support an individual, then it means that we accept them for all their, their, uh, their flaws, their misunderstandings, their unrighteous behavior. And the second we do that, again, we're setting up an idol beside God. As followers of God alone, the party that we support is that of God. And we support each other in the cause of God. And the second we forget that and we think we're supporting an individual, then we're going to be led astray. We saw the downfall of this in the previous episode regarding internal bias. That when they went to a rally for Hillary Clinton and told them, do you support these quotes from Hillary, which actually came from Donald Trump? You saw how individuals were willing to bend over backwards to justify those comments because it came from what they believed was their candidate. And it goes to show that when we follow an individual, inevitably what ends up happening is we have to support anything they do. But again, individuals are flawed. Individuals have issues. Individuals are not all righteous. So we always have to remember that we have to follow God, irrespective of what the circumstances are. And a simple test to determine, are we being uh, egotistical? Are we following our own personal bias? Is that if the rules were switched, would we still have the same judgment? In 2016, so many in the, half the population refused to accept the election results. Uh, they called Donald Trump an illegitimate president because they believe that he won because of Russia interference or Russia uh, uh, collusion. And when it was proved that this was not the case, individuals still refused to accept him as a president. And then now in 2020, where there's uh, questions about the integrity of the election, now these same people who vehemently rejected the election for the last four years are telling people, how dare you question the integrity of the election? Now, obviously, if the, the roles were switched, if it was Biden who wasn't ahead in the, the, uh, the, the voting, would they have the same level of mentality? Would they have the same level of civility? Because you see now that it seems like Biden is going to be the uh, next president. There is no looting. There is no rioting. So what happened? Why was it that under one pretense, they were willing to go and burn it all down? And then in the other, they're saying, no, hey, you guys got to accept the, uh, the, the results. And this is showing internal bias. And as submitters, we should never let our biases get the best of us. In Surah 5, verse 8, it says, O you who believe, you shall be absolutely equitable and observe God when you serve as witnesses. Do not be provoked by your conflicts with some people into committing injustice. You shall be absolutely equitable, for it is more righteous. You shall observe God. God is fully cognizant of everything you do. If our judgment shifts because of personal gain, uh, if the roles were switched, then it shows that we are using our ego in making judgment that a submitter should try to, their hardest to be equitable. And the only way you can do that is by assuming the roles were switched. What if you were on the other side of that judgment? Would you behave in the same way? Would your judgment be the same? And if it is, then you can have a clear conscience about it. But if it's not, maybe it's time to reflect. In Surah 4, verse 135, it says, O you who believe, you shall be absolutely equitable and observe God when you serve as witnesses, even against yourselves. 
or your parents or your relatives, whether the accused is rich or poor, God takes care of both. Therefore, do not be biased by your personal wishes. If you deviate or disregard this commandment, then God is fully cognizant of everything you do. As submitters, we have to be equitable in all our dealings. Irrespective if you like the, the president to be or not, you have to treat everyone in an equitable manner because it is never justified to being unrighteous, to lie, to cheat, to twist, uh, to not be objective in our uh, judgments because the second we do that, it's showing that we're setting up our ego as a rival of that of the truth. And this is a way that God tests the human being is that he alternates when we have the upper hand and when we don't. Are we consistent and truthful in all our dealings? In Surah 3, verse 139 through 140, it reads, You shall not waver, nor shall you grieve, for you are the ultimate victors if you are believers. If you suffer hardship, the enemy also suffers the same hardship. We alternate the days of victory and defeat among the people. God thus distinguishes the true believers and blesses some of you with martyrdom. God dislikes injustice. This is part of God's system, is that he alternates the, uh, the days of victory and defeat among the people to see who genuinely trusts in God, who believes in God, who's going to be steadfast under all circumstances from those who waver, from those who basically make an about-face when things don't come out to their liking. And in 3.141, it continues, as God thus toughens those who believe and humiliates the disbelievers. This word in Arabic for toughens is, comes from the root mahisa, which means to purify or to refine metals. That part of this process is that you increase the heat in order to burn off the impurities. And this is what God does by alternating days of victory and defeat. If we're only happy and content when things go our way, then it shows that we do not believe in God. We do not trust in God's system. That sometimes we have to suffer losses and defeat to bring out our true convictions. And it's through this that God purifies the believers and shows them that if they're steadfast, if they trust in God, if they don't allow the circumstances to dictate their uh, happiness, their joy, then they will be ultimately victorious. What's interesting is this root, Mahisa, occurs only twice in the Quran. And the second occurrence is only a few verses ahead in 3.154. It says, and this is in regards for context, this is a setback that the believers had to face uh, where they lost individuals in battle and how some people became despondent and objected to these outcomes. It reads in 3.154, it says, After the setback, he sent down upon you peaceful slumber that pacified some of you. Others among you were selfishly concerned about themselves. They harbored thoughts about God that were not right, the same thoughts they had harbored during the days of ignorance. Thus they said, is anything up to us? Say, everything is up to God. They concealed inside themselves what they did not reveal to you. They said, if it was up to us, none of us would have been killed in this battle. Say, had you stayed in your homes, those destined to be killed would have crawled into their deathbed. God thus puts you to the test to bring out your true convictions and to test what is in your hearts. God is fully aware of the innermost thoughts. So we see in this example where you had believers go to battle and some of them were distraught that they lost their comrades in this battle. 
and they objected to God. They said, is anything up to us? And God clarified for them that everything is up to God. That if these people did not die in battle, they would have been crawling into their deathbeds. That God is the one who controls life and death. And this was merely a test to see who genuinely, truly believes in God and who's merely offering lip service. That the second, when they had to suffer defeat, they had to suffer a setback, was this enough for them to make an about face, to question God's wisdom? And when they did this, it exposed the hypocrisy in their hearts. And we see that it says, God thus puts you to the test to bring out your true convictions and to test what is in your hearts. And again, the same word for test what's in your hearts is mahisa, which again means to purify, to refine, that this is part of the process. Now, if we're only happy and content when things go our way, then it shows that we do not believe in God's system. We do not trust in God's words when he tells us that we will be the ultimate victors, irrespective what the temporary outcomes appear to be. It shouldn't matter who's the president of the United States. If you believe in God, if you trust in God, you should always be happy and content because God is the one who controls all the outcomes. This is part of the reason we are in this world is to bring out our true convictions. If we allow individuals who are elected to office to dictate our joy or our misery in our day-to-day -day lives, then it's showing that we do not trust in God's system, that we are becoming objectors. The concept of being a submitter is to submit cheerfully and willingly to whatever God decrees. God is the knower of all things and he plans everything out perfectly. If we object to this, then it shows that we are objectors and not submitters. God controls who goes into office and who comes out of office. God controls who wins the election and who loses the election. And all this is in God's hand. If we forget that and we allow these events to dictate our happiness or our misery, then it's showing that we're setting up another idol beside God. And as submitters, again, our number one objective is to rid ourselves of any form of idol worship, to submit cheerfully to whatever God wills. In 1061 through 66, it reads, you do not get into any situation, nor do you recite any Quran, nor do you do anything without us being witnesses thereof as you do it. Not even an atom's weight is out of your Lord's control, be it in the heavens or the earth, nor is there anything smaller than an atom or larger that is not recorded in a profound record. Absolutely, God's allies have nothing to fear, nor will they grieve. They are those who believe and lead a righteous life. For them, joy and happiness in this world as well as in the hereafter. This is God's unchangeable law, such as the greatest triumph. Do not be saddened by their utterances. All power belongs to God. He is the hearer, the omniscient. Absolutely, to God belongs everyone in the heavens and everyone on earth. Those who set up idols beside God are really following nothing. They only think that they are following something. They only guess. God willing, we're going to end there. If you guys got comments or questions, please hit us up at QuranTalk at gmail.com. If you want to follow along the verses of the Quran, please download the Quran Study app on the iOS app store or go to QuranStudyApp.com. And if you guys like the podcast, please share it, leave us a review. And until next time, peace and God bless.